Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, the podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandi Van Ormer. Today, I'm Back again with a couple of familiar faces, one being Patty Marbury of Finance Outreach and Compliance, Hello. and we brought Eric Capriti of Finance Outreach and Compliance back for two in a row. Hi again. Thanks <laughs> for being here, Erica. So if you're on camp, oh, I about said campus. Oh. If you're on grounds at UVA, <laughs> you might have attended UVA Forward, which is our um, professional development conference that Erica put together this year. She's always on the committee, but this year she was the the showrunner, as it were, and it was brilliant. Everybody always loves it. But if you were at UVA Forward, you might have attended a session given by Patty and Erica about the coaching habit. Well, about coaching yeah. uh, in general and featuring um, some of the thoughts from the book, The Coaching Habit, uh-huh. which we'll talk more about. Yeah. But um, the funny story about you and that presentation that I tell you to, that I'll tell our audience is... Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like, oh yeah, coaching, that's something we know about, right? Yeah, we co- we're coaches if we're managers, mm-hmm. or maybe we're coaches in other areas. If we think about our kids or um, younger colleagues, maybe. Yeah. But um, when Patty and Erica talk about coaching, they're talking about a really specific technique. And it's so, um, it's not that it's difficult or complicated, but it's so outside of what we think about that it's funny to hear the responses from people who've been in your session. And I was behind one in line for lunch at the conference. And she didn't know who I was, and I still don't know who she is, but man, she loved your session. (laughs) And she was talking about, (laughs) man, she was like, it's in this thing on coaching. And it's, it's not all about, you know, trying to mentor them or trying to solve problems for them it's entirely different and she was animatedly describing it to the person in line in front of her Mm -hmm. and it made me smile because I know you guys you're on my (laughs) team too and I was like yeah you guys go but also um it's it's just a foreign concept to us we think we know what we're doing in those terms but when you hear it described um, what coaching really is and can be and what it can do for the relationship between you and the other person, and then if an organization adopts it, what it does for the organization as yeah. a whole, it really is revolutionary, and it really is as exciting as my friend in the lunch line felt like it was. <laughs> I'll just add to that, because I've heard a lot of people um, say things like, um, I, I can coach, like, or I'm going to be a coach, and, you know, I've asked, do you have you been certified and things like that? And I'm not going to go and overblow certification, you know, but there is a technique to it that people just don't really understand. And so it's not like you can just go in and be a good listener, although that's part of being a good coach. Um, or, or it's not like you can be a, just know how to be a good mentor or offer advice and be a good coach. Mm -hmm. You have to understand what the difference is between coaching and some of those other things are. Right. And really understand how to use some of the tools of coaching to really do it effectively. Yeah, and I would say just from my experience, because I'm a a novice at this, so I just completed my certification, and um, and what what the big impact was at first was was what a mindset change it is and how Mm -hmm. much it's going to require 
practice because yeah. it's a complete, I mean, some people it might come a little bit more naturally too, but just the, you know, what we'll get into later in this, in this session is uh, just about how it really is more about the way that you frame things, the way that you ask questions, the questions that you ask. Mm -hmm. And um, like Brandy was saying, not so much about the problem solving. And that's a huge uh, hurdle for me because I am, I tend to try to be the hammer fixing all the problems. Oh yeah, that's so. me too. <laughs> yeah, I listen to fix and, and people often don't want or need that. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to fight that urge a lot. But coaching is, as you said, it's a full set of tools it's a mindset shift and we're not going to talk about absolutely everything today mm-hmm. um, because a there's a lot that you can read about this so we'll, we'll give you some resources for further reading but also if you're at UVA um, this is a class that you all are going to offer so it's it's worth some attention there too we'll talk more about that a little bit later but since we've talked all around this now let's get into what we mean by coaching um, I in looking at the information that you shared about coaching beforehand, you mentioned that it, coaching is one of the least used leadership styles. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious a little bit about that. Like, if it's so great, why are so few people yeah. coaching? Um, the coaching was described as a leadership style, maybe not for the first time, I don't know. But in um, Daniel Goleman, who wrote the Emotional, oh, emotional Intelligence. Intelligence. Yeah. Yep. In an article he wrote years and years ago for Harvard Business Review, he wrote an article called Leadership That Gets Results. And one of the leadership styles he described as coaching, and it was, um, although one of the most effective leadership styles in identifying strengths and weaknesses, helping um, leaders with being able to provide support, um, feedback on performance, it helps the employees who are coached, it helps boost their confidence, morale, promotes critical thinking, all kinds of great things. All that sounds all that, good. Yes, <laughs> and, and it does all that and has been kind of proven to do all that, and yet it is the one of the most lead, used, least used leadership t- styles. And I think the reason why is because um, it's a lot easier to be the hammer, to go in, especially if you're the coach and you know how to fix the problem. Right. Um, to go in and fix the problem is a lot easier. It takes a lot less time to do that. Whereas coaching takes a little more time. Coaching takes time because you're not solving the problem. You're helping the person solve their own problem or come up with the solutions to solve their own problem, problems. So, um, so teaching people how to grow and develop or teaching people so that they grow and develop takes time. And, and it sounds like something we all desire yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and we'd want especially you know even us fixers erica you know that that even though we know that sometimes that keeps people from developing on their own learning Mm -hmm. to solve problems Mm -hmm. i mean even us fixers know this sounds good this is great but you're saying that it doesn't happen a lot of the times because it's such a mindset change and people kind of have to practice and learn think like shift is that what it is Mm -hmm. yeah and so one of the thing, one of the resources we used when we were creating this presentation for Forward is the book The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stanier. And um, he makes some like I would say bold claims in that book, which are um, that it's not as hard as you think it is, uh, but it does take practice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he, in this book, outlines a series of questions that you can ask to help um, go through a coaching session. He also claims that you can spend any short period of time in coaching somebody. So it doesn't have to be a set-aside time where you say, okay, we're going to have a coaching session, and you're going to come meet in my office or at a coffee shop or whatever, and we're going to set aside an hour of coaching time. Formal coaching, that's kind of what that looks like. You, you set aside time and you spend time doing that. But in, in what he describes is those moments that you can take um, and coach people. Right. Um, and so he says you can do it in 10 minutes or less. It's like, um, it sounds like to me, because I have read that book, Yeah, like it's more like just a way of working with people. Yeah. Erica, the other day we were talking about something entirely different and you said, I think we were talking about a Brene Brown book and you said it, what you read one of hers and it even made you think about the way that you parent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so does coaching. Yeah. So does yeah. coaching. I think so too. Like, you know, you just, you get in that habit of approaching things differently and drawing things out of people and helping them find their path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it ends up applying Everywhere. as a mindset right. change, like everything you do. My so, husband is also a leadership coach. Oh, gosh, I bet all, your arguments are obnoxious. <laughs> he, also, he always <laughs> says, stop coaching me. Or, or not always, but when he's not, like, when he maybe is ask, asking for advice, he'll say, you know, stop, stop What do you me. think so, you should do, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so he, and then the other thing he claims in the book is that you can create a habit. So you can actually learn to do this. It's so it's weird how all can... of this stuff that we talk about on this pod comes around and around again. Habits. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or things that you can yeah. learn to do. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is why we do it. So that people can learn to do it. So let's talk about some of the things that people may be confusing or unintentionally merging in their minds with coaching yeah. and thinking, yeah, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. So coaching is different first than mentoring. Yeah. How is it different? Or how's it, how's it the same, maybe? Well, so one of the um, intimidating aspects when, when I started going into the certificate process was, was like, well, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with leadership. I was a leader. I am, you know, sort of, you know, so I, yeah. I have that experience, but it was a little intimidating to think about like, oh, what, would I be able to coach, you know, someone high up in finance, let's say, or um, someone in another area where I don't have expertise. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big point that was made early on, which was that no, it actually, you don't need to have that expertise. You don't mm-hmm. need to, because you're not being a mentor. Right. Yeah. You're not telling the doctor, you know, this is, this is what you should do, or this is how you should do it. Or in my experience, this is how I've done it. Right. You're actually not having those conversations at all because you're not putting your, your own input in. You don't need that expertise. Yeah, oh, I think that's a big distinction. That is, that's exactly right. Like that—that's what I would say. Um, that's what I. I'm glad you used that example because I would have used the like more academic or formal distinction yeah. between coaching and mentoring. But that example is perfect because a friend of mine one time asked me too, like, how do you coach um, one of my people that I was working with as a high school principal? And she said, well, how do you how do you coach a high school principal when you when you're not a high school principal? You don't know any. You're not in that world. And, yeah. And that's exactly right. You're not their mentor. So you don't need to know their world. Like this is to, how you deal right. with um, yeah. attendance problems. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, there's also some, some distinct differences between the two, but that's the main thing. Okay. Is that you're not in their career field necessarily. It's mentoring is often somebody who's 
not necessarily older, but been in the field longer. Yeah, more experience. Is in the same career field. Its focus is really on um, helping that person establish a path in a career rather than in the present. You also mm-hmm. distinguish it from training, and I mm-hmm. think that one's a little easier to see. Yeah. Um, that you're not necessarily... So training is something you might do as a, a supervisor. You might train somebody yeah. how to do their job function yeah. or, or how we peer, do it here. You might train somebody. Yeah. So in coaching, you're not going to be teaching people new skills necessarily, hard skills for the job. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's about. Um, so that one makes good sense to me. But I think one that people will have a lot of mental hurdles to jump with is coaching versus managing. Yeah. So how is that distinguished? So uh, I would say that um, not all, I would say that coaching is certainly should be part of managing, but it is one, th- one part of managing. And so they're not the same thing. Um, so I do think that managers, um, there, are, there are certain places and times and situations that call for managing um, but coaching is one of the tools that managers be, should be using in their, you know, toolkit. And definitely, yeah, ma- managers should be coaches, but not all coaches are managers. That, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all managers should be using some form of coaching or should try to um, use, a, use a little more coaching in their, you know, day-to-day okay. interactions mm-hmm. as they're managing. But, yeah, coaches are not necessarily managers. So before we hit record, as is always the case, we were having a lively conversation about where we were going with the conversation. And Eric and I both are problem solvers. When mm-hmm. people come, when we're having conversations, mm-hmm. we're fixers. What did you call it? The hammer? The hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds a lot more violent than it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Good point. <laughs> but we were talking about, I know for myself, I'll only vouch for myself, my instinct as a person, this is just who I am. When yeah. when someone comes to me and says, "Man, I've got this problem," it's not to say, um, "Well, tell you know," not to draw like the coaching doesn't come out naturally in me. It's more like, "Well, let me listen and see what what I think you need to do." Here's mm-hmm. some suggestions, two or three yeah. of them. Let's try them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's not what coaching is either. Yeah. No, yeah. um, it, and it, it's a, like I was saying earlier, you know, you, you practice and you practice, especially if you know that about yourself. If you know that you tend to go towards, I'm going to fix this problem for you. Um, this is going to be great. It's, you're going to get the results you need and that person's going to stop doing yeah. that or whatever it is, whatever the problem is. Um, but you might start practicing and you might find yourself, okay, this is good. Rather than fixing the problem, I need to ask questions. And I think we'll talk more about specific questions later. Um, but uh, one of the things that I said in the session was, you know, you have to be careful about making the quigestion where you're asking <laughs> a question and it ends in a question mark, but really it's a disguised suggestion. A quigestion. And so if you're uncomfortable with uh, not solving someone else's problem, then you're going to find yourself doing that when you first get started. <laughs> it's just yeah. going to happen. <laughs> right. Well, I think that the, the one big um, issue with coaching versus problem solving and as coaches trying to step away from problem solving is that you feel like you're not helpful. You feel like you're not being helpful if all you're doing is asking people questions and helping them come to their own conclusions. 
You think. But when you put yourself in that person's shoes, though, I can. I one time had a professor, um, and he, for Victorian lit. So there you go. He was he coached me, but he was a Victorian lit professor. Mm-hmm. But I was ha- really having trouble in grad school coming up with. Um, a part of my thesis and I went and talked to him because I just knew I was going to fail epically if I didn't get this under control and I sat there and talked about all my issues and he I can't even describe to you exactly how he did it but he must have coached me because by the time we got done I felt so good about myself because I had come up with my own solution yeah and it's so lovely to come to a conclusion on your own and not have it handed to you because you gain that confidence of oh, I do know something here. I don't have to have answers given to me. I can arrive at them. And my Mm -hmm. thought process is is in headed in the right direction. It Mm -hmm. was very good. I felt very good about that whole interaction. I was like, dang, he's good. What a what a wizard. (laughs) Yeah. And and one of the things I think that if you think about coaching and mentoring being different things, um, is one of the things that may help you refrain from problem solving is understanding that you you can't solve a person's problem. So think about that example that we gave of like you're mm-hmm. you're coaching a doctor, somebody or some yeah. area that you have no expertise in. You can't you can't assume that you're going to be able to solve that person's problems even if they are things that you have an expertise right. in. Right. Like say maybe they're asking a question about management and you have been a manager and you understand that it's still not your place to jump in and solve those problems. And so in the, in the class, um, the session that we did at UVA Forward and, and what we're gonna do for as, as a class, we talked about some specific skills that help you um, with focusing on coaching rather than problem solving. And they were, we, we're not going to dive into them very deeply here in this podcast, but we really talked about them as um, in three different areas. Asking, um, active listening, so making sure that you understand the different uh, tips to make to be a good active listener. Um, and as a problem solver, I will admit that often when I listen, I've I assume that I understand the problem even yeah. before they're finished mm-hmm. explaining and yeah. I'm ready to jump in there. Just take yeah. a breath and shut up a minute. I'll jump in there and tell you what you need to do. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Um, so, th- so active listening was one piece that we talked about a lot. And then we talked about addressing assumptions, um, how we see things differently, perceptions that we have, and kind of making sure that we're, we don't tell ourselves stories about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, the, per- and then, the person too, right? Not only your assumptions, but helping them with theirs. Is that what you're talking about? Really, just making sure that you're addressing okay. your own. Cause okay. You, you can't really uh, address their assumptions. Okay. But yeah, we'll talk but, a little okay. bit more about Acknowledging that. that you both have them is right. something that's Perfect. really good yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, acknowledging that everybody walks around with their own filters and assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, with the way they yeah. see the world and hear things. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, we talked about the good questions to ask in a, as a coach. And so we really broke the session down into three different areas. And so um, we can talk a little bit about some of those things if you want. I would really like us to talk about those good questions, just yeah. because I think when you hear them, you can hear more what it's 
going to sound like, like mm-hmm. how it's different. Yeah. Like it, it, the questions I think are very illustrative of the difference in this yeah. technique than all the others. Yeah, because so far I think we've been kind of, you know, high level theoretical. And when you hear the questions, you're like, oh. That's yes. what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So maybe let's jump in with some of those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want to start? Start at the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just peel them off the top. So often what you want to think about when, when you're... Um, say somebody comes in and interrupts you and says, you know, can I talk to you about something? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, remember your good active listening skills. Right. Um, that you should... Not multitask, maybe. Not be multitasking. <laughs> Put aside time. If you don't have time, then make some other time that you're available to really sit and listen to them. So just keep keeping that in mind. Um, but one of the first questions that in the book, The Coaching Habit, they talk about is this question of what's on your mind. And I thought that was really interesting because um, it's a, he calls it the kickstart question. And I thought that was really interesting because that's the question they ask in Facebook. And he mentions that in the book. He's like, you know, Facebook has that as their question to help people reflect on what's, what they're thinking about. It's not working on Facebook. It's not? <laughs> well... They still ask it. <laughs> they, I'm just joking. I'm making a Facebook joke because it's not very reflective posts I see. Oh, no, that's very, very true. But, but it's, it's just a mean in, joke. It's intended to be, right? Yes. You know, it's intended to, to say, you know, for people to think about what they're... That's the intent, right? right? You gotcha. Know, to, is to share what's, what you're thinking about or what's on your mind. So, so he calls that the kickstart question. And that's good because actually I think that's different than... Like if you said, what can I do for you? Yeah. What, 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 how, or what do you need? How can I, what can I help well, you Well, because yeah. what, what can I do for you and what do you need are both, you're yeah. inviting the person to yeah. share and yeah. you will solve their problem, right? Yeah, it's, it's a different invitation entirely. Yeah. So really it is just an invitation for the person to share what they're thinking about. Cool. And what their issue is. I like the question that comes after that. So with the first question is, what's on your mind? And the mm-hmm. second question is... You want to go? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I want to be the only person talking. Um, and what else? <laughs> yeah. So, and what else is really just to um, stimulate more because it it's often not just one thing a person is thinking about, but multiple mm-hmm. things. And so you want to get them kind of talking mm-hmm. about all of the different issues so that you can kind of get to the to what is the problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, for anybody who's done uh, root cause analysis or is familiar mm-hmm. with the five whys, mm-hmm. a lot of this will sort of feel familiar in that, um, you know, you're not just asking questions to ask questions uh, or to be annoying. <laughs> you're asking questions to get at what the problem is and to help that person get there. Because a lot of times when you first ask somebody, what's the problem, or even what's on your mind, mm-hmm. they're going to say that first thing. Yeah. But you can keep drilling down and getting it to like, okay, well, what's the real issue? And I think the next challenge is, what's the, or the next question is, what's the real challenge for you yeah. here? And so to... Because if you're trying to solve a problem, mm-hmm. you may even like jump to, well, here's how to fix what mm-hmm. I think is your problem. And that's not even what the issue is for them. Right, right, right. Right. So what's the real challenge for you here? That's my favorite question. I like that one too. Because it really does help the person kind of identify what is it that they all, all the stuff that they just kind of dumped on you, what is the the issue that they're really worried about? Mm-hmm. What's the thing that's keeping them up at night? What's the thing that they're 
you know, that they've just interrupted you about? What is the real thing? And so um, that's my, I like that question the best. I think it's the most useful. Yeah, I, I really have to agree with you there because having been on the other side of that conversation where you just, like, let's talk about Kelly, boss Kelly. We always talk about Kelly. <laughs> like there have been a couple of times I've gone into Kelly's office frustrated with something. Yeah. And she's she's has an open door policy. She's always happy to hear from you. And I start describing the problem, and as I get into it, I realize it's not even what I, what I thought I was irritated yeah. about. It's something else entirely, like yeah. that's causing that issue. Um, the next question makes me laugh when I just look at it on the face of it because I read it like, <laughs> "What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what do you yes. want?" Yes. But it's it's that's not what it's getting at. Help us help us understand. Yeah. So, what do you want? Um, really helps the person know what they. What is the issue that they want to resolve and how it's affecting them and relationships with other people and that kind of thing? Yeah. So what do you want out of the situation? Yeah, not not what do you want me to do? What do you want? It's not like, um, well, I want her to give me the paperwork. Right. It's, I, it's something bigger, what you're wanting out of that mm-hmm. relationship or situation. Well, and another way of wording that that I really like, um, it talks about outcomes. What is your desired outcome? Mm-hmm. Or Good. even very descriptive, um, I, to, to ask, well, what would that look like? Or what would success look like to you? Mm-hmm. And that gets people to really sort of hone in on like, oh, well, you know, it would really look like this. You know, like if you're talking to somebody about time management, and you're mm-hmm. like, well, if you were to be successful and you were to figure this out, what would that look like? And they're like, well, I'd have like an extra hour in the day. And so then you have something to work towards and you're able to visualize that. Yeah. This next, the last one on, on our just powerful coaching question list is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. What will you say no to, to be able to say yes to this? Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that one. That seems interesting. Like out of all of them, that's the most the one that's not the most immediately obvious to me. Yeah, so I think um, that one, and that one can be phrased in different ways too, but it really helps a person understand that by focusing on one issue, so say they come up with a solution to, they've discovered a solution to an issue that they're having, um, sometimes there are other things that they're not able to say, I might not say this the best way, but they may not be able to really um, focus on that one area if they're if they're trying to focus on others as well. And so um, it's not about though putting things on your plate. So it's not like um, workload, right? So it's more about identifying. Um, Can I ask you're, a question? Yeah. So well, is what you're trying to get at, I think about like personal relationship issues. When you're frustrated with how a relationship is going with someone you love. Yeah. Um, I think of it in family terms. And, yeah. And it's like, so if I'm going, the desired outcome is that we get past this thing that always causes us problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have to say no to caring about that behavior so much yeah. in order to have like the better like there are some things I'm just gonna have to say okay that's that's just kind of a thing 
but to get past that. Yeah, here's... That, I think that's a good example. Mm -hmm. So it's thank you for saving me. Um, I was problem solving. Yeah, no, I, I'm not a good coach. I think that's a good example, though. Is is not it's not about oh I need to say no to this project so that I can yes say yes to this project. It's what do I need to be able to not do so that I can do this thing. It's about, it's really about removing those barriers. Yeah. yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah. to me. I mean, I don't know that we're articulating it yeah. perfectly, but you do in the class and they yeah. do in the books. <laughs> so, but I think, I think we can understand what we're getting at here. Well, in the session, we really talked about identifying and removing barriers more than what do you have to say no to, to say yes to this. So it was really about, um, being able to say, you know, what are the things that you've tried already? What have you seen work for others? What what might prevent you from doing this? Um, what would be the outcome that you're seeking? But so there, there is definitely an element of like, sometimes you have to come to a compromise. And I think that's what that question is getting at. Is that, right. I mean, Brandy's example was great. You know, there is a compromise at some point if you feel like, well, you know, there's just not enough time to get this done mm -hmm. and but this is this I've set this now as my priority so well what's gonna what's gonna give for the moment in order for you to be able to do that yeah sometimes it is yeah. actually a thing uh -huh. yeah like saying no to a thing yeah or a project or 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 um, say I think sometimes too like with your example Erica it's like saying no to caring so much about whether or not that thing gets done because mm -hmm. sometimes it's not even that the there's such competing priorities mm -hmm. but I think sometimes we hang ourselves up mm -hmm. on yeah. But I must do all the things and right. I must like letting go of the fact that uh, the, that you think you have to check all the boxes in mm -hmm. order to make mm -hmm. this thing happen. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about um, the questions, what it is and what it isn't. And, uh, you know, before we wrap up here, I was hoping you could give our audience a little bit more of a sketch of what good comes from employing this method? I mean, I think you can see it or hear in what we've talked about so far how, you know, we've even talked about how it feels good to someone who's being coached to arrive at solutions mm -hmm. on their own. Like, it's a growing experience. But um, what are, both in, in interpersonal relationships and in organizations, what happens when people coach? Or when a person gets coached? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, when we have a coaching culture. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is the biggest benefit is that it promotes, um, we've talked a lot, we, we in work world, right, talk a lot about critical thinking skills. And um, it helps people develop critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. um, it helps them develop that on their own. So when employees or the person who's being coached is involved in the problem solving process, they, get, they take ownership of the problem rather than you, the coach, or the problem solver, mm -hmm. or the manager, or the coworker, or whoever you happen to be to that person, rather than you solving their problem, perhaps solving the wrong problem, if you haven't um, dived deep enough to, to, that, to find out what the real problem is. Um, and not only have you maybe solved the wrong problem, but you've also you then own the problem. You've stifled their ownership. Well, you've stifled sure. their ownership, and then you also own the, you then own the problem. I don't so want any more problems. Problem <laughs> solved, and it turns out to be a terrible outcome. Yeah. Whose gonna, fault is that? You did that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it helps them participate in their own problem-solving process, 
um, which then empowers them and boosts confidence. Helps them develop into their own strong leaders. Mm -hmm. I have one quick story um, to get at one of the benefits. Um, So one of the one of the women that was in the coaching uh, program with me is uh, an like an executive at uh, I don't know if she's an executive, but she's high level like manager over at um, in Capital One, and um, she says that she got back to work and we hadn't even completed the program but she had so much going after like the first two days that she was so excited about this she's gonna she get her coach on <laughs> and she started telling people like hey things are gonna change i'm gonna i'm gonna be acting i mean she did give them a heads up she didn't just start asking questions rather than mm-hmm. solving their problems but she said I, i'm doing this i think it's gonna be great i'm gonna start doing you know yeah. behaving in this way so watch out and she did she just <laughs> went right into it people would come to her with their issues and she would coach them through the thing and they would walk away sort of bewildered and she said that she noticed like within weeks of doing this that she was getting fewer emails from people asking her what do I do here what do I do about this she was just getting like so many fewer emails fewer people coming and interrupting her work day to ask her things and uh we we joked and said well is it because you were annoying (laughs) But, I wasn't going to say it. But <laughs> she actually, you know, she saw a, a real, like, business um, effectiveness. That because they were thinking because of it were, themselves. They were thinking of it themselves. And they would even stop themselves before. Like, they knew. It, it almost got them used to it so much that they mm-hmm. sort of knew that she was going to ask this question if they asked her. Right. So they were just bypassing it and starting to take yeah, ownership themselves. And let me clarify something, though. Thank, I'm glad you brought that example up. Because it's not about, you know how people always say, sort of like patting themselves on the back. I never take a problem to my boss unless I have the solution. Or you hear people say, um, don't come to me with a problem unless you also come with a solution. It's not about that. That's not what coaching is. It's not about making sure a person comes to you with a solution, oh, problem and a solution to the problem. It's about helping them identify the solution. So when they come to you, they they're not going to have the solution. And accepting that you may not either. Right. You you probably don't. Yeah, you're helping them enact their knowledge and, and intuition and all that, that good solution. stuff. So yeah. it's sort of like coaching is kind of the step that may take place before that happens. So a person coming with a problem and the solution. Coaching is how to help them come to that solution. And so, um, but I, I had to laugh when um, you shared the story with me about the your colleague that was in the class with you mm-hmm. because in Michael uh, Bungay Stanier's book he says he uses that kind of that example and he says if somebody comes looking for you come and ask you where a folder is tell them where the folder is <laughs> don't ask them what the real challenge is for you what are you really looking for <laughs> so he's like not everything is a coaching you know yeah. coaching moment yeah. but um and then he said, although that may be a way of of annoying them to the point that they don't come to ask. <laughs> that's not what we're going for. So it. <laughs> if that's the tactic you're yeah. looking after, he's like, don't dismiss that as, as a that's funny. possibility. But um, I had to laugh about that. But but yeah, it's. I mean, the, I think the main thing is that it just really encourages growth and development among um, the entire organization. So. Well, I can see why um, the lady in front of me in the launch line was excited about it because yeah. even as you describe it, there's energy in mm-hmm. talking about it that's it's so positive. Yeah. In, you know, removing 
barriers and assumptions and helping people to problem solve for themselves and like really listening. These are all really great things. Yeah. Developing people into their own strong thinkers. This is good. Yeah. And I, I feel like just to plug UVA finance for a second, I, I feel like we are very lucky within our organization that our leadership is really thinks that this is yeah, a, a absolutely. thing that we, we should be doing more of. And, um, and so I just want to put a plug in for that. Absolutely. And speaking of, of UVA and UVA finance, um, if you are a local listener and you are interested in this course, um, we will link some information in the show notes about how you can get in touch with Patty and Erica if you want them to come talk with you or think or look at when you can um, access the course, we'll have that link down below. We'll also link some of the resources that Patty and Erica have talked about, which is um, Michael Bungay-Stanier's book, The Coaching Habit. It's really great. Um, I read it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an easy read and fun and really engrossing. Uh, there's something about this subject matter that's just pleasant to delve into. And mm-hmm. you, you think... You can read it with a great sense of curiosity, like, wow, yeah, I could do that. And yeah. I did try it out. I tried yeah. out the coaching habit. Um, you, you read the book and yeah. then tried. You yeah, said and I, I was it. like, wow, just one question that I asked yeah. differently really made the conversation mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Um, so even if you just take little grains of stuff from it, it's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll link all that in the show notes below. And... Um, in the meantime, is there anything we haven't covered that you want to mention, ladies? No, I just want to say that uh, we haven't really developed our... Um, we're going to tweak the session that we developed for mm-hmm. perhaps for man- focusing on managers. Mm-hmm. But, but perhaps we'll ha- offer a couple different sessions for just anybody and then also for managers. Or... And then maybe on the evenings and weekends for parents. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. So, so I'm looking forward to being able to share it with other people. Well, thank you again. I mean, Patty, you're always along for the ride, but thanks especially, Erica, for coming back so quickly sure. um, to talk us talk to us about something different. And thank you, audience, for joining us again for Finance Matters. You can always read more about what finance is up to on the UVA Finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. And Patty and Erica are all over that thing, too. If you've got an idea for a podcast or you know somebody who's doing something cool out there, um, that we need to think about, do let us know. You can email myself or Patty, or you can tweet us at UBA underscore finance. That's all for now. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters.